but I'm happy that uh, that the Dune reviews are at least optimistic. Oh Let's just say that much. Yeah, no, uh, it it got released at at Con. Oh yeah, uh, the film festival. In France. Yeah, I heard. And so this is the thing. Apparently, Denis Villeneuve got. An eight-minute standing ovation. Well, he's also in his home country. Yeah, I know. Hey, yeah, what makes a difference? Oh, come down, home slice. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, you know. I'm just, I know. I know. I, I, I just know. want you to make sure that, like, okay, you go in with low expectation, and then bam, it's amazing. It deserves a seven-minute ovation when you thought it deserved a five. Well, here's the thing. Going in, but then you go in, you're like, wow, it does actually deserve a seven. Well, I was going to so. say five-minute standing ovation. Unless something's really changed in Denise's life, he's not going to be in Lincoln to hear me do it. So, oh, maybe. You just got to clap really, really loud. <laughs> Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day? And why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkonomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy. And try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Guess what, everybody? Welcome back to Drunkonomics. This is the drinking presentation with an economics problem. And although the VIX is below 18, I think it was at like 1640 or something like that, I'm going to surrender the seat of being the more gracious host this week and hand it over to James because this weekend, everybody, it's, it's his birthday. His birthday is on the... 20th anniversary of 9-11. To be, so, to be fair, it's been James. on all the other anniversaries since 2001, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, up until 2001, it was on none of the anniversaries, and now it's on every single one. So, yeah. um, happy birthday. I think because it's your birthday weekend coming up, you're just you're radiating graciousness. I, I'm, so, I, am, like, I don't know if that's true. I don't historically know if that's ever been the birthday vibe I give off. Yeah, that's not gracious at all, but either way... I don't care. You're more gracious this week, man. It's just this is is what it is. Well, that's dude. a good point because there's is. no way I can be more gracious after my birthday. Yeah, I'm, if I'm exactly. if I'm awake, we'll be. Yeah, it'll be gnarly. Well, that's it. Uh, I am your co-host, Aaron Wong. I am less gracious this week. Joined alongside my main man and my favorite drinking buddy. So that's James Goldwater here, the hostess with the most years. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't I know don't how that know, made guys. sense, but uh, yeah, we'll take it because it's your birthday weekend and you can get away with stuff like that. I guess what I'll say is it's my birthday week and yeah. I'm just going to start now. Yeah, you can't drink all week unless you start on Monday. So That's true. You know, that's fair. So keep like going, it. man. Keep staying drunk and nomical. I'm gonna. Yeah. With that said, I do want to say, uh, you know, it's been a long year. We haven't taken a week off in a long time. So I'm just going to announce real quick that next week, Due to the fact that James is more than likely going to be hungover all week next week. I'm going to run from it, but it's going to catch me. <laughs> yeah, no. You can't run and you can't hide, so, <laughs> you know. That's true. Um, but yeah, we're just going to take the week off next week. You know, just want to give you guys a heads up. Appreciate you following along. Who and, knows, uh, worst comes to worst. Maybe I'll get really drunk, record something really fast. And then just... Have, yeah. and then I'll, I'll send it to Aaron. He'll He'll go... Uh, this is not seeing light of day, but but maybe, maybe someone maybe will find will. this entertaining. Who yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll see the dark of night. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, uh, appreciate your consideration. Hopefully that doesn't deter you too much. And with that said, I think it's a good time to mention our social media. Uh, if you like our content, you want to reach Absolutely. out to us, interact with us. In fact, what you should do is you should follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at Drunkonomical. D-R-U-N-K-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. And from there, you can get into the Discord or anything else, and there is where you can wish me personally a happy birthday. Or you can tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Up to you. <laughs> Up to you. That's, I do that every day, so you know it is what it is. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, anyways, uh, what that? I think it's been an interesting, an interesting week so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been an I interesting mean, day if you're in yeah. like commodities trading specifically. Yeah. So this is Labor Day. We're currently recording on Monday, September sixth. Uh, I kind of want to tie up some loose ends from last week because the jobs report came in, which I think is somewhat important to talk about, talking about, you know, when it comes to economics. So I guess, yeah, jobs report, non-farm payrolls rose by 235,000 in the month of August. And I think uh, that, I say that's a pretty good month. Normally, it's a pretty good month. On any given year other than last year and this year, that's a very good month. But uh, expectations were 720,000. Now, I don't know if they just like forgot to change it 
or, or yeah, I that's <laughs> whatever it's happened. A, um, uh, yeah, I think, but I th- I think they kind of ignored the Delta variant. And probably what happened is they looked at things and they said we don't think it'll have quite the effect that it it clearly has had. To me, what the interesting thing is, I suppose, is that there are more cases of COVID in the United States now than there were this time last year, or even at the height last year. Yeah, and it does so it does beg the question of. What the fuck's happening? Yeah, well, yeah, that's one way to put it. But what we're seeing now is like a lot of, you know, a lot of cities are putting back on mask mandates and they're doing more restrictions on social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Lincoln, Lincoln, Lancaster County is one of them. Right. Yeah, I know that. But I don't know if anyone's doing like... like capacity restrictions or anything like that. Uh, not here. Yeah, but I know like so a lot of bands have canceled their tours. Yeah, um, I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, well, the band can stay six feet apart, aside from the fact that they're probably already all next to each other all the time. So if they're going to yeah. get it, they're going to get well, it. If they're in the green room cons- together, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, you know. I mean, but I would say the concern in both a, a show and everything else would be the crowd. Obviously. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And it's like Lollapalooza. Which I, yeah, like, there, apparently there are a bunch of cases from Lollapalooza. And then yeah. you know, this last week in college football was back. It was so great to see stands packed again. Right. I, I love seeing that. It was also great to but, see Nebraska finally win. It was, it was. It was it's been a long time coming. It was nice. I hate, yeah. I hate to say it. This might be, that might've been it folks. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying um, we're going to go one in 11. I'm saying it's year? distinctly possible. I can't disagree with you on that one right now. I hate to say that too. Because I love my Huskers. And, and and what I will say, and what I'll say in the end is it won't be for lack of defense. Well, you know how important it is to have a good passer of the ball and a good yeah. run game for that matter. And well, we got half that. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll go 11 and 1. I, I, I mean, that's a stretch. Maybe. But I'm saying it's it's possible. Highly improbable, but possible. It's definitely possible. No, it's definitely possible. Just uh, just read the Bible. It's yeah. possible. Possible versus probable, so. though. Let's be fair. But yeah, I mean, college football's back. Stands are packed. Um you know, I think when it comes to this jobs report, I think that Delta variant spooked everything. I don't know why the expectations were 720,000 for non-farm that's payroll a, That's increase. what I kind of wanted so, to. That seems extremely optimistic. Yeah. And then, you know, markets reacted poorly to it on Friday. I saw, I remember seeing that and I'm like, I wonder, why? like, are you guys like, seriously, you know, like, I, I wonder partially if that jobs report may have been based on the fact that I think as of today, so as of Labor Day in the United States, September 6th, yep. all of the federal improved benefits go away unemployment yeah okay maybe there was an expectation that people weren't going to wait out that wait out the benefit yeah but some states are extending it so some states are but but it's not being federally backstopped so what i'm saying is it's not like it's not something that was there's not that benefit so i think maybe that has been taken into account yeah okay so maybe 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 there was a hope that or or an expectation that well some of these states cut cut the benefit in july so yeah. maybe it'll hit in August. People will come back to work. And it turns out nope. that, that that didn't yeah. work. And I suspect that's probably because some of the states that cut the benefits have have different, have different very different s- severe problems. Yeah. Like, what, what I'm thinking is maybe it just takes some time for people to not have mm-hmm. that steady income from the government or whatever it is. Yeah. If you've been sitting – if you've been a good little saver, then – still doing pretty good. Yeah, like you probably don't need to go right back to work. But the crazy thing is like, so the markets went, they opened lower on Friday Mm -hmm. and then they bounced right back up. So they actually closed higher than they opened. Yeah, I'm really, let's put it this way. I'm really not, I'm not thrilled with our bet. I know. Um, (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that bottle of whiskey whenever you decide to deliver it to me. I know. I understand. We we still have some time. Uh, I think it was July 26th or something like that. Yeah. The, next the year, problem is we're I, 100 points above where we need to be or where I need to be. Yeah, so, so you're, I mean, the market's got to tank 100 points. Well, it's got to do more than that because a little bit more. Well, we got a lot of time, but yeah, we do have a lot yes. of time. But we and we don't know. Like we could, it could go down. It could easily go down. So we have no idea. But yeah, th- th- I just thought that was pretty crazy. I, I don't know why these expectations were so high. Uh, but unemployment lowest it's ever been since the pandemic has started. Yes, since so, it started. I mean, no one really reacted to that. Maybe they did during the day and they were just like, okay, wait. I think we maybe overreacted with this 100-point sell-off. I think there was. I think there was an overreaction. I, well, the 100-point sell-off I, I, part of me, nothing. That's part of me hopes there's nothing. a rational sell-off there. Part of me hopes it's rational, but I don't see I don't see it. Like the, To me, the rational is you're, it, you're not taking light of the report. You're just going, my stocks are valued where they are right now. I've made a lot of money from where I bought. I think I'd like to get some of that yeah. equity out of the market. I'd like to get a little more liquid because I don't want to be caught in the rush for the exit. You know? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the markets closed what on Thursday at thirty or forty five thirty six, and they yeah. opened. They opened ten points down, bro. So yeah, it's like well, that's, that's it, I mean, not, it's a ten point sell off. 
Wow. It's nothing. I mean, and I'm, I'm looking at futures now and they're up. Oil's down, but everything else is up, which is funny because oh, yeah. the chip shortage hard. obviously still hasn't gone anywhere. And I think auto manufacturers have finally gone, oh, uh, it's here to stay. Yeah, that's a, that's a big cause for concern too, especially with what's going on out in uh, Guinea, you know? Which Oh, yeah. That was my news. Um, this is something so, that I really rely on you to tell me because I this is stuff that I don't pay yeah, attention I was, to I was at gonna say, For those of you that... That's that does. Aaron's very tapped into financial markets, so he starts to see trends like in there. And then he well, goes, "Where are these coming from?" And he goes, "Look." Maybe. And I look at more. I look a little more at like kind of a, a macro level of that just that happened. Just happened. Where does this ripple out to? So Aaron likes to trace ripples back, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's wow. Okay, where's where's this going?" I just like you know, where's the hidden thing? I'm not like concluding why but, markets don't make sense, but you like looking at. I like, like going, "Oh, how's this going to break my market?" So yeah, like, this is happening in Western Russia. Oh my god. What could that do to yeah, this? Which makes me so, so, and that's and that's kind of like where we got started with the with the, our very first. Well, we did our first two episodes, and I was like, "Hey, this COVID thing is going to be real big now that we know oh, they're yeah. shutting down." Mm-hmm. So, Giddy just had a coup. Yep, it's coup as a C O U P. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to sound so lighthearted about it. I don't mean to. It just had a coup. Yay! They had a coup, man. <laughs> woo! No. Uh. So apparently, yeah. The uh. The guy you running the special you forces. Have a coup. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Oprah. It's it's. Yeah, but no, apparently, it's, yeah. so apparently the military is overthrown, or a, a section of the military is overthrown and detained the president of Guinea. Yeah, well, I guess has, in that case, you may not have a coup, and you also may not have a coup. Let's not. Let's yeah, keep the I coups, have a coup. Let's keep the coups down. To I minimum. Have, yeah, there's one guy there who's like, I've had a coup, yeah. and um, <laughs> it's great for me. Yeah, uh, and he, so he's now in charge, according to him, and uh, we'll see how this goes. But it's causing, or at least it's going, or potentially could cause some very serious problems in the commodities markets over the next well period of time I, there's well, no there's no i i don't know how well, to, to me is i like i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i mean it will and it could very easily disrupt several it's, commodity it's a supply market. shock that we're gonna see what happens we're gonna see who reacts to it and how they react to it yeah because but, the major issues to me is that about like what's this going to affect and it's going to be raw materials yeah if you really want to look at it the big issue is going to be aluminum pricing so aluminum prices should shoot up well just I mean, out of fear on this one i, I don't um, know though and, because and, my thing is I, I think there's so much when it comes to pretty much any commodity except for things that are expiring i think there's yeah, so, so, there's so, so many, so many kind of so we're talking about any any durables yeah commodity. so like even like oil right if you store it correctly it, it doesn't really expire but like corn i mean yeah there's a the theoretical you know, expiration so, of corn which yeah. is the great thing is you can turn corn into whiskey real quick and yeah, that'll, and then, that'll be, that'll, that'll <laughs> be all right. Go. We're going to be okay. No, no, yeah. Please, um, you know, please keep producing that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I did to me, you know, because I feel like we've seen these things before and nothing has, it's never really shocked see, commodity prices. And that's, and I understand. I think the issue at this time is more than a fifth of the world's bauxite production. So 22% of the world's yeah. bauxite is produced in Guinea. Mm-hmm. And bauxite is is the main source of aluminum. Yeah, so, so aluminum, which, you know, mm-hmm. we know for being a fantastic foil at uh, the barbecue. Yes. But it, it's also um, incredibly important in- Oil uh, transportation. Especially, yeah, oil transportation. The aerospace industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you kind of durable uh, metal production that requires a lightweight and a strong tensile yeah. strength. Well, you it's ever aluminum. Seen- you ever seen a Dave Chappelle's Black Bush? <laughs> I need to know. What did I tell you to do with <laughs> aluminum tubes? Aluminum. <laughs> Pray to God you don't yeah, drop that. It's like, it's like, all right, fine. Got some, that got is some yellow cake. a special CIA napkin. <laughs> yeah, it's CIA right. napkin. Yeah. I'm only right here my CIA napkin. Yeah. No, but what happened? So it was do essentially I know Chappelle like, show. Come on. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, dude. That's when I was every, young. I've seen every episode. I love Chappelle's show. But um, so there's so the, so the first part is we've got um, yeah. or the theoretical, the possibility if businesses or countries decide you cannot do business with this government, we've got a severe shock to mm-hmm. now the aluminum supply. Here's the next one. And it's now it's not going to shock inherently in a negative way. Well, but, so, the, uh, but Guinea also has the largest reserve or believed reserve of iron. Iron ore, yeah, that's right. high quality that, yeah. iron. And mm-hmm. what I've read is that yeah. there's so there's a an exploitation concern in Guinea that's been tied up in legal issues over corruption for the last several years. So the minerals mm-hmm. haven't been tapped yet, but it's because they're not allowed. The business hasn't been allowed to tap them because it's all corrupt. But what they're saying is there's two billion tons of high grade iron 
that's in the ground. A lot of iron. And that's well, that is it's a huge well, I mean, amount of iron. China. I don't know if China's investing into Guinea, but they're putting a lot of money just in. They Africa. are. Oh, so God, so that, actually, that, so that a, so a major Chinese. So yeah, here's the funny thing: a major Chinese-backed consortium is planning to buy two blocks of that. So Ooh, the fun. first two blocks of that concern. Okay. And those two blocks um, I, but why would are, you, are pretty substantial. I mean, yeah. So the next I, question you could ask is, uh-huh. why does China want to buy into a stalled no, I, I, exploitation? Cons- oh, actually, no. My next question is, why does Guinea want to do business with China? Don't they know how China treats their business partners and whatever Well, I'll be honest. If you're not dealing with a guy who – here's all I'll say about the coup. And I don't know. Maybe – maybe, I don't know if the previous president was corrupt. Let's put it this way. The guy who's run the coup, if he is being funded by China, if you're doing a coup just for power and control and wealth, you don't necessarily care about your people, your country, anything else. It's all a personal thing. Of course. And so if he's being backed by a Chinese business interest, if he's being backed by an American business interest, it doesn't matter. He's going to be fine. He's going to take care of the people he needs to take care of to keep control. And so long as he's on the right side of whatever business interest is backing him. It'll probably be okay, but why? Yeah. So, so why would he or why would they want to let the Chinese get into into business? How do they, the Chinese are going to promise to come in and build your infrastructure? Now they're going to strip mine the place while they're doing it, but they're going to build you infrastructure. Now you can't afford to build this infrastructure. Yeah. And what's worse is because he's going to strip mine your minerals out. You're not going to create the tax base to actually maintain the infrastructure. But that's not China's problem. No, it's not. They're going to build it and maintain it. For as long as they need it. And then once they're done strip mining the place, they're out and you're left with something you can't afford. Yeah. Well, so what's going to happen is, I mean, I think China's interest is what? They want to buy these blocks of land, pull out the iron ore, the well, aluminum. They don't even want to buy the land. They just want to, they just want the rights to exploit the iron underneath it. Right. They want to get the which, minerals which, out. Okay. So pre- pretty much the same thing. Uh, I mean, not really. I know. But, but cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, you're buying the, you're renting it, right? Because you don't have to worry about selling the land at the end. Yeah. You're just renting it just yeah. to... I mean, you know, it's literally, yeah. there's a reason but, it's called uh, exploitation. I'm here to exploit yeah, your property. Exactly. So I guess what is, what are China's goals? They just want to pull out well, the Well, they want diamond, to pull out the iron. But the, but the iron, the diamonds, the, well, the, uh, think the about, aluminum. So remember, well, remember we talked, we talked a year and a half ago, really at the beginning, or probably our third, fourth episode, we talked about just how much of the world's steel production is done in China. And Wuhan, and Wuhan yeah. It was 52%. And the yeah. Wuhan was a big chunk of that. So we concluded that Wuhan was about 40% of world steel production, mm-hmm. based off some very, very high level calculations. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did We did a huge well, breakdown of that. You so. consistently need, well, a pretty important you know, input to steel is iron. And if it's uh-huh. high quality iron, it's you, <laughs> you require less of it. Yeah. Right? So you don't have to purify your iron as much that so you're lowering your costs with high quality iron. We also remember, remember how China's spoiling mm-hmm. with australia spoiling for a fight not buying things from them not buying coal not buying iron yeah i mean so trying is- to hurt australia economically well if they can buy their if they can source their iron mm-hmm. out of guinea instead of out of australia okay this is less of a big deal for china the fact that they've got this issue if they can source bauxite well, they were already and they were already buying most of the bauxite that was mm-hmm. leaving guinea so they were they were already the major consumer of that so it would be it would surprise me a great deal if this colonel is seizing control in Guinea to prevent foreign exploitation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a trick question. Uh-oh. If you don't know, you don't know. I don't know, so that's why I'm asking you. But do, what do we know about this new colonel? Like, does he know that? Like you know that there's a ton of bauxite in in his country. I mean, he's um, got to know that there's a ton of bauxite in, in Guinea and diamonds and all that kind of stuff. So, but what so, are his views on it? Like, so, I mean, he's got to know about it. But like, what does he want to do with it? So that kind of we don't know. We know that he so this colonel that has led this coup. He's the head of the special forces there. So which, it's kind of like a Lloyd Austin, or no? Well, I would say it's more like so. We talk about special forces in the Western concept or, or like in a, in a first world concept, yeah. which is to say there is a highly trained professional soldiery. And then there is above that a special forces. Green Berets and unfortunately what I've, as I've read in a lot of places, what you deal with is that you, in most countries that are not what we would consider the first world or at least developed nations, you have special forces, which could probably be adequately described as a professional soldiery. And then under that you have what they would call their regular military, which we would probably describe charitably as a militia oh uh, oh, in in guinea yeah so what we're probably looking at is that he's got a special force he's called what he's the colonel special force which means that he would be he's running what we would probably describe as a regular army like so he has professional soldiers and they just have that are well trained well disciplined well equipped whereas the regular army the regular army of guinea would probably be not particularly well trained just not particularly well equipped Gotcha. Yeah, there. Well, I mean, it, so I'm just curious to know, like, if he wants to go extract the bauxite and the iron and whatever it is, 
And if he is seeking like an investment partnership or something like that, I have no idea. Oh, right. So I, yeah, no, we, we don't know. And so the thing is, we nobody don't know. knows. Okay. We don't know. And we, and we also don't know if this is going to be, this, this started, this happened yesterday. Yeah. Maybe this coup yeah. will be defeated. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's not as popular as he thinks with his men. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe things will be back to business as usual by Wednesday. Yeah. By the time you hear this, maybe. Well, they, but, but all they did was arrest and detain the president, right? That's all they did. They just, correct. He's not dead. Yeah. He's not dead. Have him which locked away somewhere. They have him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the colonel. Now, yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's one of those things where it's, it's if this stands, this could be a very serious problem because the president was democratically, for lack of a better term, elected. For lack of a better term, yes, that's very well. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to speak because I don't know. I don't want to speak to the validity of the election. Sure, that kind of thing. Nice. What I'm going to say is, it was it was a democratic <laughs> yeah, constitution. Ass, man. It was a con- <laughs> yeah, perhaps even offensively so. But what I, what I will say is that when this colonel took control, he said the constitutional government no longer exists. I'm in charge now. And so that, for me, very much is one of those things where it's like, okay, so you've overthrown a legitimate government. Is the United States willing to do business with you? Is Brazil willing to do business with you? Is France, the UK, is Europe, are they willing to do business with you? Because if they're not willing to do business with you, well, that's one thing. But if China's still willing to do business with you, which, boy, who could potentially benefit from buying blocks into this iron exploitation firm at the same time that, yeah. boy, if this... if this, Well, I mean, if, China's been... You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, but they've been sketching me out this whole time with the amount of money that they're pouring into Africa because they know there's so many rare earth minerals in... True. Af- I mean, there's a bunch. There's so well, many. like I said, and, and, then, and their model is we built, we'll build the infrastructure... If we can exploit your mineral resources, mm-hmm. we want the right to exploit the resources and we'll build the infrastructure. They say we'll build you infrastructure. What they really is we'll build the infrastructure that we already need to have yeah, in order so, to exploit the resources. Yeah. And then the country sits here and thinks, great, this is good. And then it realizes very quickly, actually, no, can't, perhaps can't afford to maintain yeah. the infrastructure. Yeah, and it's between that and all the flyovers they're doing over Taiwan. Yeah, so it was at 19 know, yesterday or 19 like, different flights. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm telling me that's not a message that they're sending, you know? So I don't oh, know. Absolutely. I think, well, we have to remember what I think. So I think if we look at the Chinese at, at China right now, their big concern is Taiwan Semiconductors is going to build a next gen semiconductor foundry in Arizona. In Arizona. Yeah. I absolutely believe that's so. their fear. That is got to, that is absolutely their fear because that's what yeah. they look at. They go and, and we've been very nice to them. Not that nice, but like we've poured so much money into China. America has. You know, like think about how prosperous they are, and like, and they take- there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of U.S. wealth has gone into yeah, a I mean, lot of U.S. financial wealth has gone into China through four Hong trillion Kong. dollars worth probably. But yeah, uh, anyways, enough about that. Uh, we spent a good chunk of time talking about that, which I I'm glad we did because I, this is something I don't know anything about. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I just think that I think that I think that Guinea is going to be it's going like, to it's a political it is a political question, but it's also there's also the economic question, which is to say, I think if, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's a bigger economic question if you're in America. Let's say if you're over the yeah. oh yeah, well, it's economically certain for us. Which is, the interesting question will be is is who's going to turn a blind eye? Because mm-hmm. if the rest of the world turns a blind eye, then it doesn't really matter right. what's happening there. Because mm-hmm. uh, the supply will be unaffected, but if the but if the rest of the world, if the UN decides, no, nah, this is a bridge too far, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna declare the, a yeah, but what embargo. The, I mean, seriously, what can the UN do? Like, well, the UN. So theoretically, you can get the UN on board to make it illegal to trade bauxite, iron. I mean, but but that would be so detrimental. I mean, yes. Now here's the great thing: if you're a member, if you're one of the permanent members of the UN Security Council, you can veto it, which, and that means, but but. China is a permanent member. Yeah, the permanent members are Russia, China, the United States, France, and the United Kingdom. And so, if one of the permanent members vetoes it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but why is China the UN? Well, China likes to be a part of a lot of things because at least then it can have a voice. Whereas, as a a permanent member of the UN Security Council, that's actually very important. You can tell the you can tell the rest of the UN to fuck off a lot, right? Because they can't really sanction you. Because remember, if they try to sanction you through the Security Council, you have a veto, and a permanent member's veto blocks it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I think, you know, whenever we see these, it's kind of like when something happens with OPEC, I think it's generally not as big of a shock when it comes to like actual commodity prices, just because I don't know what factor or thing is out there, whether they're tapping into reserves or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as big, but then again, like we'll see because we don't know who this general is. Like well, we don't know. You're, maybe he is very level headed. Maybe he's like, you know what? I want to be doing business with the United States because they actually nation build. Yeah, or right? U.S. Or maybe he wants. Maybe he wants to be in, in. Yeah, I don't know if he. Depends on who he wants to be in bed with. Yeah, 
But anyways, that's. I mean, I want. I want to put a yeah, stop no, on, I'm sorry. on that. Uh, on that with geopolitics because because mm-hmm. uh, we I should want, cap it. I, yeah. yeah, but I, w- I really want to talk about PFOF. It's, it's something like you know, oh yeah, it's this is interesting and fascinating. But you know, just like the geopolitics thing, it's kind of kind of eye opening. But PFOF payment for order flow, PFOF, PFOF, whatever you want to call it's it. Huge. Yeah, it's huge and. Uh, it's how almost every brokerage works now, isn't it? Um, everyone that is commission-free. That's so, absolutely right. Yeah, every yeah. single one that's commission-free definitely Which, is easy. Can you name a broker-dealer out there that doesn't charge commissions? Well, it does. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, a lot of brokers still charge commissions on over-the-counter stocks because, I mean, that's a manual trade yeah. that you have to push through to an over-the-counter. Yeah, because, you know, well, there's a – there's a. it's not listed. It's not electronic. There is some amount yeah, of there's no ECN. difficulty in labor. Yeah. Yeah, that. and then the other thing too is options. A lot of broker dealers still charge about you know fifty to seventy cents per options contract that you buy or sell. Yeah, um, a lot of that just goes towards the OCC just to make sure that just to match people on the other side of the trade. Because options can be very volatile, and if you're, I mean, it's technically illegal to have a naked option. But no, but no, it's not illegal at all to have a naked option. You can well, totally have a naked okay, option. let me rephrase this. Yeah. You can have a naked option, but you have to. I guess I'm specifically thinking about shorts. Yeah, well, if, you have yeah, to have you, providence the shorts. You have to providence the shares. Well, the thing is, so if you sell a call option and you don't own the underlying, you can totally do that. There's more than one way you can cover it. Yes. You can cover the naked contract with another call option, and you can cover it with another call option. At a different date as well. Yeah, or but you it's can own be the underlying yeah. security. Yeah, or you just own, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can just own 100 shares of the yeah, underlying. So I, so I guess what I what I mean what I meant was it is illegal to be naked on a short, essentially short shares. You don't. Yeah, you, you have to locate have the, the right shares. to. Well, right? so you have to yeah, providence the shares. Yeah, so you have to find the shares. Like I mean, someone has to find the shares. So generally speaking, like when you want to short a stock. The broker dealer has to go out and find the shares. And if they can find the shares, nailed it. Boom, you can short the shares. But if they can't find the shares, you cannot short it. You can't short on credit, technically. It's like, yeah, you can't short with the understanding that "Eh, I'll just, I'll deal with it later. Even yeah. though it's the I'm gonna I'm gonna sell selling before I buy Correct. it. Correct. Yeah, you legally cannot short. Yeah, you legally can't short naked. Well, options. However, I like, wonder how many hedge funds in the last year yeah. were taking certain shares 140 percent short. Were yeah. providencing the shares every single one that they were shorting. So that's what I mean. It's like you know how many times can you borrow the same hundred shares? Yeah, so that's 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 kind of like the, the head scratcher. It's like well, you know, and then there's the whole like I mean you've you've seen billions when. Early season one, when Bobby Axelrod is like looking around to borrow shares to short, and he, and he calls has to go talk to a fund. friend. Yeah, yeah, he calls well, a not a friend, but an enemy. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, they're friends, but they're competing they're firms. Competitors, but they. But he says, well, he need no, he needs to cover his short position. Yeah, so, so he says, I, he says, I need your shares. He goes, well, if you're right, my shares are worthless. Yeah. So I want, I you know, I so want fifteen percent. No, he charged twenty five percent, which is an well, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. And, just, and you see Bobby. The best part is you see Bobby hit mute, just like mother. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's about to go see Metallica live. That's right, because yeah, it's the only thing playing in North America this Canada year. Canada for Metallica <laughs> show. You know? But anyways, yeah, payment for order flow. What, what I guess, what is it? So I'm just going to read the definition from Investopedia. And I've had a we'll few drinks, can, so I think I can break it down. Yeah, nice. Uh, maybe you need to take one more shot. Maybe that'll help. I'll do one with you. Hang on one second. Risky. Okay, I'm back. Did you take your shot yet? I have not. Okay, cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little splash of the sour mash. Nice. I'm just kidding. I'm just going to pull from the bottle. I hate to do this like this, but they did it in the show Billions, so I'm just pulling the Mictor straight rye. What? So, I know. Okay, I know. <laughs> I feel inhumane doing this, just pulling it straight from the bottle, but they did this in the show Billions. So, All right, so. Yeah. So, cheers. Ready? Ah, oh, God. So smooth. I'm not going to lie. The Sour Mash is growing on me. Good for you, man. I, d- I usually... Like I said, I'm it's not, not that a, I don't I, like a sour mash. I love a sour mash bill, but uh, I just don't like sour mash bourbons that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, and historically, but, I haven't either. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, cheers to the shot. So let me go back to reading the definition of yeah. PFOF, payment for order flow. It is the compensation and benefit a brokerage firm receives for directing orders to different parties for trade ex- for trade execution. Wow, the shots really getting to me. Um, what does that mean? Okay, so so what it really means is um, mm-hmm. I'm your broker dealer, or I'm I'm whoever you do your your yeah. security. So when with. you say you're my broker yeah. dealer, it's you know I opened a Charles Schwab account, I opened a Robinhood yeah. account, well, I opened an E Trade yeah, account. I'm your I'm now, I'm your Robinhood. Yeah. I'm your E Trade. I'm your um, I'm your E Trade. I'm whatever it is. I'm yeah. that guy. So that's so that's 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 your broker dealer. I'm the guy you talk to mm-hmm. now. You um you turn to me and you say, hey, I want to buy five shares of. 
Guinea iron. Ooh, nice. Because you try to hedge your bets. I think yeah. that it's about. I want to buy five shares of this firm exploiting iron in Guinea. I think that this company that's been tied up in litigation for five years is about mm. to come out of it. And they're not and Chinese. So, well, you have friends in Hong Kong. So <laughs> I now. I wish. I, I, so I'm your broker dealer. And I say, okay, I can get this for you. But as part of our agreement, when you came on board with me, we understood very simply I am not going to charge you a commission. For a trade, which meant that mm. historically it was commission-based system, where you say, I want to buy it. And my response is, okay, well, if you're buying it, I'll buy it for you at market price, but you're paying me $10 per buy or sell. Doesn't matter. Could be yeah. well, a block of $100,000, could be a block of, now usually it's a percentage. Yeah. You'd say it's going to be a percentage. But, well, but, I mean, in some, I, but I remember like E-Trade and some of the others would say like, you could trade for like $5 yeah, well, a the, trade. I'm, like I remember when Scott Trade was around. Uh, it's, like, it was I, Scott Trade, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, E-Trade did this too, but like I remember when Scott Trade was around, it was six ninety five a trade. And then and then all the other broker dealers started going, okay, well, it's $5 a trade now. So then it's, mm-hmm. they kept competing against each other and then the commission. So what happened is they competed themselves into the ground essentially, and they had to find a new way to make this business business model work yeah and then, uh, for day traders specifically yeah and i know a lot of um like back then maybe 15 years ago nowadays when you recommend somebody to to your broker dealer like if i recommended you to my broker dealer my broker dealer would be like okay well here's 500 dollars that you can trade with thanks yeah. for bringing on new business here's 500 dollars you can trade with or here's a free stock with that's what Robinhood does if you bring on someone that you get a free stock they give you a free but share back then it was like yeah. i brought you on you get Hundred free trades or twenty free trades or however many yeah. it was right that that was that was the rewards program back then which I and think so is it used so to crazy. be essentially yeah. you can you can make a few trades free and then it was okay well, we're going to charge you a flat rate for a buy or a sell for whatever the order is yeah. we don't care but for an action and mm-hmm. then they bid themselves down to the point where they went well we're not making any money here how do we make money and they finally yeah. said okay well someone came up with it and they said okay I'm going to give you free trades but. As part of your agreement when you sign up with me, trade may not be executed within a certain variation of a bid-ask spread mm-hmm. when I go to town, mm-hmm. when I go to, to, to the person I'm buying from, so my market maker. So generally speaking, so, I mean, so whenever you place a market order, what happens? The order goes to the market and it fills at the best possible price. That's literally, def- that's like the definition of that from like the Series 7. Originals, that's the original definition. Yeah. And if you're operating as the institution or you're paying mm-hmm. for your trades to be executed, that's what we're talking so to a lot you. Of people, yeah, a lot of people are like, hey, I just want to sell my shares right now. I don't, I don't you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You place a market order, you know, if it's a really liquid stock, so most of them are, if you're, if you're trading an S&P 500 stock, they all are pretty generally liquid. Both, yeah. yeah. You place a market order, it'll sell pretty much right away. What happens? Uh, well, there's a thing called a bid ask spread. So, right? so think about. So, the easiest way to define a bid ask, I think, is that um, think you're selling anything. You've got an asking price, and there's someone who's trying to buy that thing. And, they're and if you guys bid. can both agree on exactly the same price, well done. You've you've just made a sale. He's just made a buy, yeah. and you're happy. But statistically speaking, yeah. you're going to have to haggle for a minute, or yeah. even there's, and, or there might be some disagreement. Think of buying a house, buying a car. Right. He's at, he's got an asking price. You know, you've got a bidding, you've got a price you're willing to pay. Yeah, it's like watching the show talk. Pawn Stars, right? You know, I'm trying to sell the Super Bowl ring. Exactly. I want twenty thousand for it, and then the guy, I forget his name, Rick or whatever. Was this wasn't even this wasn't even Tom Brady's ring? Are you yeah, crazy? Yeah, I'm willing to pay eleven thousand for it because I could I can sell it for at most twenty five, and you know, so all these things go into the the price into of the, the psyche stock. of how the market works. Yeah. Uh, the bid, yeah, is, the bid ask spread. The ask is what buyers are willing to buy, uh, or what buyers are willing to pay for. Is what it. sellers? I thought, I thought ask was. Uh, um, oh yeah, sorry. That's what so sellers are willing to sell at. Yeah, so yeah. sellers are willing to sell at, and then the bid is what buyers um, are willing to buy at. Yeah. So generally speaking, if they're the same price, that means there's just a lot of liquidity. Like the stock is traded yeah. super like huge volume. Yeah. Apple during the trading session yeah. has like a one cent spread. Uh, but if you go to like a yeah. penny stock, like a penny stock, I mean, the spread could be 50% of think, the entire stock, right? So yeah, think back to uh, Wall Street when he's yeah, saying well, you're like talking about it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Here's a pink sheets. Oh, it's the markup uh, for know, our so, services. Exactly. So, so that's what the bid ask spread is. Um, and but when you place now, a market order, it can fill pretty much anywhere in between that. Now, if it's a really liquid stock like Apple, there's not much wiggle room because it's a one cent yeah. spread. Yeah, you know you're within. Yeah, but if penny. You, it, you know, sometimes you place a sell order, right, and you'll see the stock price is at one fifty. Right now, it's at one fifty four thirty. I'm staring at it in the face, but and it's not moving because it's Labor Day. But the market, the last price was is one fifty four thirty. If you place a market order, you might get it for one fifty four thirty. You might get it for less than that. You might get it for more than that, right? It's, it's 
you know, it's, it goes to the market like that and it shoots and it gets routed. And then there's a bunch of different players yeah. who may or may not have set their own buy sell rate at. Yeah. So that's where, the, so that's where the, this idea of the market maker comes yeah, in. Yeah. So there could be a market. So generally speaking, when you place an order, it gets routed to the market maker. Anyone can be a market maker. So theoretically, you could be you could be just the the firm, the broker dealer that ends up being the market maker for for Steve Madden. Someone. Right. Anyway, well, they were the IPO for Steve Madden. But yeah. you could you you could be yeah. any kind of investment bank, any kind of Wall Street firm, and you could be the market maker for Nike. You could be the market maker for a- any firm. Yeah. To be the market maker, like no one like designates you. Oh, you're the well. Actually, in some cases, you can be designated the market maker. Yeah, but, but as a whole, why, you might you, sit here and say like, you know yeah. what? We want to be the market maker for. And usually, you wouldn't even just say a specific firm. You'd say we're going to be a market maker for industrials. Mm-hmm. We think we have enough expertise on industrial products that we understand and and secure, yeah. uh, this, the securitization of this commodity that we can come in and we can be the market maker for steel in terms of we come in and we talk to we, – we're talking to everyone. We have counterparties, counterparties everywhere. And so we think we can ride this out correctly and so we become a market maker. Right. It's a decision exactly. you actively make. It's not like it's – you're not being forced to be one. And a lot of broker dealers are just because, you know – you know, surprise, surprise, broker dealers, all of them trade in and out of their own inventories. I mean, because you have to. Absolutely. You, you absolutely and, that's, to. and that's kind of the critical part of being a market maker is that you have to, mm-hmm. at some point, you have to sit here and say like, you know, if I'm just the market maker for oil, I sit here and I want to own oil. I want to sit on oil because I well, think I'm yeah. going to make. So I think yeah. to really put everything in context, like mm-hmm. let's talk about just order flow, right? So order flow is, you know, you, oh, yeah. you place this order. You know, a lot of times you'll see, like I said, it's, you know, Apple's at 150, 430. You place a sell order, and a lot of times you'll see that the sell order executed at. Let's just make up a stupid example, but let's say it's one fifty four. Let's say it, it filled at one fifty four thirty. You know, point three zero zero one. Right? Why did it get filled at point three zero zero one? You know, that's one one hundredth of a cent. That that doesn't even exist, right? How do like how how do you go pay something that costs one one hundredth yeah, of a cent? Yeah. How how am I? Yeah. Well, you're not going to see the benefit from that. Yeah, but fact. you know, this is going to sound really sketchy, and this is kind of the price you have to pay. It is. For not, it's the pr- it's the price you have to pay for not paying commission. Exactly for not so paying. What happens is odds are you know some market maker probably just paid one fifty four thirty even not point three zero 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 one for five hundred thousand shares of Apple because they needed it in their inventory for specific purposes. Someone wants to short it. Someone wants to buy it. Whatever it is. So you know if they see you know one million market sell orders, you know, they can make that tiny, that one one hundred percent profit. I don't know if I said it backwards or not, but it could be the other way. You said it backwards. You actually Yeah, that's sorry. A, that's a buy. My bad. Okay. Um, well sorry. Just, but, what, what, it's the so, nature so, shot it's good to be, okay. But so, but basically Exactly. You know, what it boils down trade, to is that make, is yeah. that your broker trader is getting paid. Payment for order flows boils down to this. Your platform is not making money per trade on you mm-hmm. buying or selling, right? Because they're not they're not making money mm-hmm. from you. But and they can't. They can't. Yeah, but they're taking they can, all these orders and they're just saying, okay, well, we want it to go to this. The orders. Yeah, they're taking all the orders and we want it to go to this market maker. We A want new to go, guy we want it to, go says, to our friend. He tells them flat out. He says, hey, I will pay you. A fraction of my gain, right? So I'm going to make the market. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you 5%, 10%. My profit, if you send your transactions through me. Yeah. And now, and does, that, when, does that sound sketchy? Absolutely. Yes. Is it you sketchy? Know, yes. Yes. And Is it illegal? No. No. It's not. Almost. Absolutely. The SEC almost made it Gary illegal, Gensler, but they didn't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The reason why I want to talk about this is Gary Gensler is flirting with the idea of making PFOF illegal. Now, if PFOF is illegal... uh Every broker, I mean, when first of all, when he announced the stock prices of every single broker dealer just went straight down. Yeah, right? well, all of them did. I don't know because it's, it's yeah, no, it it is now the standard business practice. Yes, yeah. and if that if that were to become illegal, illegal. And here's the big question because because the so the SEC investigated this oh, has has, well, has investigated this earlier this year when oh, the whole game this year thing. and even 15 yeah. years ago they looked at it when it was oh, just the, starting to become yeah, a thing like just, and they just before, and they looked at it and, it, and well, they I mean because what what happened 15 years ago that's happening or pretty much the same as now right 15 years ago huh. in 2007 or 2006 2007 more money entered the markets than we've seen in a long time it's kind of like the same thing now right here's the I mean, huge here's the huge one real estate prices. There was a point even five years ago, three, three, four, five years ago, where I was talking. And I was saying, you know, real estate prices in Flo- in Central Florida had reached and were exceeding once more their 2008 levels for no good reason. Yeah, like for no well, good. Same with stock prices too. But you know, back to the whole broker dealer thing. Like, 
how do broker dealers make money aside from paying for order flow? Yeah. So they have certain fees about, you know, th- there's certain fees that, they, that broker dealers charge, but they don't actually make money off of those fees. No, those are, um, that's, that's operational expenses. Yeah, it's operational that's, expenses. That's, it's, it's, that's it's break even. Yeah, it's things like, you know, ADR fees, right? Broker dealers yeah. don't actually make money off of that. That's literally, pa- they're passive. There's a few fees. ways. So yeah, a few, the, yeah. So the, the big one is if you- Margin. Yeah, there's margin. Margin. Uh, the, margin other one, the other one is uh, the idea that, well, you have to keep, um, and this was historically what you had to do is you had to keep 10% of your portfolio portfolio in cash well, because then it went but, into their money market account and they could earn some interest off. Of yeah. Big, but, but that's not, that's not so much a thing anymore. But they don't actually make, I mean, even historically, I don't even think they made that much money off of the money market pool. No, no. Well, um, but breaking even is the first thing you have to break even and then we right. can worry about making money. But the other thing too is like, you know, options trades, because a lot of broker dealers are actually still charging commissions for options trading. More, well, and as I said, a lot more risk there. Well, it's a lot more risk, but it's also there's the OCC that kind of makes sure that mm-hmm. if you get exercised on, right? So if I buy a call from you and now it's in the money and now I want to exercise, you got to deliver me 100 shares at the agreed upon strike price, right? So the OCC- Yeah, that it's, that it's going to, that the entire car, house of cards doesn't collapse, that there actually yeah. are cards holding up the low yeah, exactly. the next level. So yeah. the OCC actually matches both sides of the trade. So like whenever you put on a spread or anything like that, whenever you do like a four-legged option trade or something like that, it's like they need to make sure that there's someone on every side of that trade, you know? Yeah. Whether the same person or not. The term providence, it, that it actually exists. Yeah. That it so, actually exists. Yeah. So that's the reason why a lot of firms still do that. Robinhood, I know, doesn't do it. Like, it's completely free trade options on Robinhood. Yeah. Which I think is great. Well, it's also not great. We know that Robinhood as a firm makes a huge amount of its revenue in PFOP. But they all do. I mean, everybody does. Like, every single one does. Yeah, they all make a ton of money. So the the real problem with PFOP, the real problem with the payment for order flows is the fact that it turns out that if you're doing these, what you call free trades, it's that you're not trading at the point where you sell or where you buy. You, like, you well, sit here, it, you say, like, like, and the other thing too is like, you know, people are like, well, what about limit orders, right? They can't control limit. Yes, they can. Because what happens when a limit order, because what happens when you do place a limit order? You place a limit order. I want to buy this stock at this price. So if the stock ever falls to $25 or whatever it is, then mm-hmm. I want to buy some shares. But what happens when the stock actually drops below $25? Your order just becomes a market order. When it becomes a market order, you know, the broker dealer can be like, hey, I want it to go to this hedge fund because, you know, they had purchased these shares, you know, 0.2 seconds ago at like 0.003 cents below what you are uh, bidding for it. So, so boom, you know, they write their order to that hedge fund in Chicago that has taken up the entire floor of, 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 of the, the John, John Hancock uh, building. Yeah, the John oh, Hancock building. So yeah. With their, with their, oh my God. Are you telling me that they're free yeah. viewing deck? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, have, I'm not, oh my God. I'm not pointing out a particular hedge fund at all. I'm just saying, you know, this is a, just a random hedge fund that has taken out, I can't remember if it's the John Hancock <laughs> building or if it's a Sears tower, but whatever it is. They have an entire floor there, um, but uh, no, these guys, they pay broker dealers a ton of money and they're not the only ones. I'm not trying to single one hedge fund out, but every hedge fund, uh, any market maker is willing to pony up a lot of cash to broker dealers because there's so much money to be made in high frequency trading and hedge funds now, all they're really focused on is fintech. So if they can execute a million trades every minute, then generally speaking, if you have order flow information or if you have order flow services from broker dealers yeah no but they all but they would all do that you're gonna make a lot of money actually this is a fun one so like yeah so dave fiala of historic interview status with this very podcast um and i have talked about payment for order flows and why it's legal multiple times and the only conclusion we can come to is that it's because there's a third firm there's a second firm involved there's three parties not two yeah because Essentially, if the market maker was your broker also, then it's a crime for them to see all these order flows, all these orders coming in. Essentially, oh, we're we're high frequency. Our yeah, I mean, retail investors aren't. It. So it's essentially, yeah. uh, oh, we see there's a huge call for GameStop. We're going to buy GameStop at 34. And then as the market yeah. goes up, we're going to sell the shares we just bought to our own investors for 37. And that's how we're going to make our money. Essentially, this is the really funny thing. So payment for order flows. If you're not using a third-party broker, it's called front-running. <laughs> Essentially, you just well, yeah. you just it, know what so, your, yeah, exactly. your clients are doing, so you buy it and yeah, then sell well, and it think about it. Yeah, and think about what front-running means, right? So, like, let's just say you, you're an agent for a broker-dealer. Yeah. Like, if you are, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, 
you have someone call in and say, I want to buy 1 million shares of this stock. You know, obviously when someone places an order to buy a million shares of any stock, of anything, unless it's a penny stock that, you know, just has like 500 billion oh, yeah. shares outstanding. But if someone, you know, places an order to buy a million shares of any stock at the market price, it's going to boost the share price, you know, at least for the Absolutely. next five minutes. And so, especially if you're the guy who sees, so, it, so you're the guy like, the order, it's like, well, I can place one order in my own account real quick before I place that order in, right? Which, by the way, is totally illegal. Don't yeah, do it. It's called it's, front running. It's called front like running. It's called um, front running. It's a crime. You could go, you, you will go to jail if you get you caught. You will. You will when caught, go to pay jail. fines, and in all likelihood go to prison for securities fraud. Yeah, and you know, there's a chance that the SEC might ban you from trading securities ever, right? Like you might be, it just you can't buy stocks ever again. So don't do it. But anyways, yeah, real quick, back to mm -hmm. a broker dealer, you know, they trade Literally, the definition of a broker is they trade in and out of their own account and on uh, for accounts on behalf of customers, right? So yeah. whether or not you have discretion or you have placed an unsolicited order, which is like uh, unsolicited order would basically just be, James, you're my broker dealer agent, right? I call mm -hmm. you and I say, I'm driving right now. I'm at the gas station. But can you real quick just, uh, I saw that Apple is at this price. I like it at this price. Can you buy 100 shares for me at market price? And then James executes that order. That's an unsolicited order. Yeah, um, I didn't call so, you. You called yeah. me. Uh, so that's that, that's trading, you know, on behalf of customers. And they also like it makes sense that broker dealers trade in and out of their own accounts too, because you know if they can't find the shares out in the open market, if they have shares themselves, they can sell it to the customers that are trying to place. Yeah, and they're order. going to because so. it's is is the firm is going to buy is going to buy some securities itself, especially in securities that it does volume and trading in, because it goes, you know what. Well, we've got the cash to send to the clearinghouse without affecting our underlying model, our underlying books, our mm -hmm. other concerns. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, it still stays on the asset side of the balance sheet, but it just kind of depends on. Uh, what. You know, so like it's really funny because I look at the I look at the payment for order flows as a whole, and yeah, I think so I was going to ask what what like what do you think about it? Do, do you like it? Do you dislike it? In principle, I dislike it. I find it creates inefficiency in the market. Okay, so what are the alternatives then? Like, does it? Well, that's well. You pay broker, you pay transactional fees, you pay a brokerage fee, or you have to keep, or you have to keep a percentage of your of your portfolio in cash, in cash, so yeah. that they can put it in the money market to then make the same five, six, seven percent. Having said that, the same reason that the SEC, one of the two reasons the SEC said they they were not going to make payment for order flows illegal because they were apparently very close. They they thought they should, and then they went, well, well if we make PFOF illegal, broker dealers then, are charging commissions now. Well, they were already versus, charging commission. They were already charging commissions. What they, what had happened was they looked at it and they said, well, it could become possible for exchanges to make things monopolistic. So theoretically, oh, that's right. yeah, that's, that's... increases competition. Mm -hmm. It allows more broker platforms to exist, broker traded platforms to exist. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Two, the other big one was there were already so many shares that existed in like under the PFOF umbrella. They were like, if we make this illegal, what happens to all these equities? And so it was very much one mm -hmm. of those things yeah. where I think, I think the second part, probably more than the first, is what stayed the SEC's hand. As a whole, yeah. I look at it and I well, think. Well, I don't know, dude. I think okay, I so think the, this. I think I think the fact that it makes things less monopolistic. I think that was huge. That's because, a good thing. I think that's absolutely yeah. a good thing. Because I mean, I think with the SEC now, especially with Gary Gensler sitting at the at the you know the head seat, is what they really want to do is they want to look after the retail investor. And so what they're looking at is what is the best for the retail invest. You know, what is the best possible thing for retail investors? Right, payment for order flow. Though retail investors generally end up holding the bag it's like yeah if you're willing to pay this much for this stock th then like you know and you set I that think, limit price i think what it i think what it really boils down to is is that as long as the agreement kind of boils down to as long as long you're neither your broker dealer nor and this is gonna be the big one nor the market maker on the other end is allowed to hedge against the order flow. Yeah, but I'm willing to let. I'm willing. To, so it's not, actually, I don't I'm know if they like can. I, I really don't know if they can because, like, the thing is, if you know, if you place a market order, like the broker dealer can't prevent you from placing a market order now. Correct. Right. It's, Correct. And it, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that they order, can do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying they can or, or should be able to do that. What I'm saying no, is well, they, should, they shouldn't be able to stop. What I'm you, saying is that well, sure. they shouldn't be able to stop you. But more than that, what I'm saying is they shouldn't be able to. Um, all right. So we're back to the big short. Right. There's that point where. Uh, Michael Burry's calling Goldman Sachs every day, every hour. Yeah, it's like, why are where these you, swaps? Where have you placed my swaps? Where have you placed my swaps? Where have you placed my swaps? Why are these swaps hey. not increasing in value, right? What, yeah. Or then they finally come out, they're like, hey, we finally are able to- Found a market for the, these swaps. Hey, sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry, we found a market, and also, uh, yeah, sorry we didn't come back. We lost all our, uh, we lost all our, we had a a computer error, and we lost all our voicemails. He's like, weird, because you had this, and then- J.P. Morgan had uh, a power outage. J.P. Morgan had this, and and so they'll say, they're like, weird, and it's like, I think what you mean to say is you've you've accumulated a net short position yourself, and you're now able to, to mark my swaps accurately, and they're like- I don't know what you want me to say to that. And he's like, we well, already, you already have. have. You, right? to- you not, told me I'm right. You're not overtly yeah. denying it. You're not overtly denying it. You're saying, yeah. ah, yeah, you're absolutely fucking right. But without saying, yeah, of course. What I mean is, is, is when you see like, so say you see like this payment for information flows coming down or right. So this is coming in yeah. and you're the guy that deals with Robin hood and they, and they tell you, Hey, I've got a lot of Apple coming in and you're sitting here and you go, okay, well, I think you ha- you should have a time limit. Not like a, not a price limit, a time limit where so you have option. to honor that trade, to honor that flow. You can't, you can't be like, okay, well, oh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely do your Apple, tra- I'll do your, I'll do your trade in a 500,000 yeah. block, but I'm going to wait until I've made the money I want to make first. I think it yeah. should be, well, you've got five minutes. You got five, yeah, you got or, five minutes. And if the flows don't come in, then you're screwed. You're out. Yeah. Right. Essentially, essentially it's, it's, you have five so. minutes and so say Apple's, say you've got someone who's willing to buy at 25 and you're sitting here going, well, you know, I don't have it, but I think I can acquire or someone says I'll buy at 2550. And right now it's trading at 2549 or whatever, whatever it is. You've agreed yeah. 2550. I was like, you have to honor the price. Now, if you can come up with the shares elsewhere for twenty four fifty, knock yourself out, make the dollar yeah, per share. But, but you have a time limit. You can't sit here. You can't sit here and be like, "I'll wait till the end of the day and I'll execute when I execute, and I'm going to raise the price on it." So he's buying at this, or he's only going to get nine shares where he said ten shares at twenty five fifty. Now he's going to get nine shares at twenty five yeah. sixty. So I mean, like in the big short, I mean, it's, Michael Burr just literally called their bluff, saying like, "Okay, you covered your positions." Uh, you protected yourself and you hedged against the swaps. You've created a market for yourself on the opposite side of this trade in case you get screwed over. Because if you hadn't done that, yeah, you and would I, have gotten and screwed I, and over. I, so. And I paid you handsomely. And I and, and yeah, already paid, paid them. Yeah, they paid them a huge capital. premium. Paid yeah. handsomely in premium. He paid for all that time year. value. Yeah. So, yeah. And then every year he kept, he kept renewing. Yeah. He kept rolling it He forward. renewed it every period. Yeah. And, you know, my thing is, you know, if you care to know my opinion, my opinion is, I think payment for order flow is a good thing. I think it helps retail investors gain access to the, the equity markets, which I think is I a good thing. Agree. I but just, I think, I think our difference is that I think it needs to be constrained. I think it definitely needs to well, I think it needs to be constrained you have, too. You have but, a time period or, or, or if not time period, it's like, okay, well, if they see the market at 2550, they can't be charged more than 2560 or you can't sell for less right. than 25. No, and I'm totally 40, with you on that. Yeah. You can't crush the investor because you want to make the market. It's it's that you have to, you know what? You got into this game. You're the smart money. You're supposed and to be smart. Have, if you're the, not, and you have the fintech. So the fintech. The best part is you don't have to make the market. Yeah, I know. But someone they, else can. But if you're a market maker and you're not making the market, like what kind of business? Do you well, do? yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you can't. Uh, what I should I should rephrase that. You can't make the market at the expense of the of retail, the retail investor, investor. Yeah, to the benefit. Only of the industry. Right. And I think, you know, and I do think like payment for order flow is great because it, there's so much liquidity in the markets now. And that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, to an extent, it's, it's 80, it's 80 20 some, a good thing, right? It, obviously, there's, it, it, comes, it comes with its disadvantages, but I, have some I would say it's about 80 20 a good thing. Um, you might be thinking 60 40, but, you know, in my opinion, it's about 80 20 a good thing. Um, I'm glad they did away with commissions. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm glad that there are day traders out there. Because they're the ones really keeping the markets liquid, uh, you know, especially on the retail end. So personally, if they did away with payment for order flow, I think it'd be more detrimental. It'd be detrimental to the entire market. When Gary Genza flirted with the idea, I think it would hurt. Of, well, it all depends on how he wants to yeah, but counter that. I, now, if he's willing, if 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 he's willing to say like, well, it's going to cost you five dollars a trade, but I'll guarantee the market, the current market value. But it's still going to range be between the bid ass spread. That's who, my thing. And then the well, bid ass, course. and then the bid ass spread is going to be a little bit wider because there's going to be less liquidity. So, well, I'm it, it will. I, mean, we, I think it will be. I'm very convicted that it will. Like I have a strong. Well, conviction. let's put it this way. I have a strong as conviction as that it, will it be. becomes, as as things become, is, which is the funny thing, because as things become more efficient, you should you should see a narrower bid ask spread. But but when you start to see big blocks come out and play, it's going to widen because you've got a you've got the market maker going. Yeah. 
I have like, to hedge myself against. Well, it's not just that. Against too, but a, it's like, you a know, big block at market, I yeah. have to I mean, I make my money like, elsewhere and earlier. Yeah, but like the thing is, so like I trade a lot, right? And like I what? don't. Yeah, no. I know. Shut up. <laughs> I trade a lot, but uh, I'm not good at it. But but I enjoy it because it's, it's fun. I like it a lot. But I would trade a lot less. If I had to pay six dollars every time I placed a trade, oh yeah, of course you would. Yeah, like, oh yeah, you absolutely. If would. I did, so like, let's just say, like, you know, I, I've made a little bit of money trading, but if I had to place six dollars of all the trades that I've placed in the last year, if I had to pay six dollars every single time, I don't think I would have come up break any break even because I placed that many well, trades. Well, it, it it's um, it's one of those things that like you. So I don't know. That's a totally different question, but it's it's this idea of who does commission free trading help? Well, helps in theory day trader who does the commission hurt hinder and or slow down also in theory the day trader yeah so the retail yeah, so investor a day trader but at the same time but to the people that want to in- buy and hold for 20 years yeah. in their roth ira it doesn't affect them at all well, now you look at you look at uh payment for information flows that, that doesn't affect you because because it doesn't matter 25 cents but then again yeah but then again you know, commission in, in that case commission probably wouldn't affect them very much doesn't either. affect doesn't affect you so, either and what it, what it does is it the commission's stops cash coming in and it slows the amount of cash coming in. And I'll be honest, given the fact that more cash came into the financial sector or into financial markets in the last year than the decade before that, I'd argue that it's probably too much cash there. Right. So that's, but that's what I'm saying. That's why it's 80, 80, 20. That's why it's 80, 20. And that 20% comes from the fact that in the last 15 months we have seen the surplus of capital in the equity markets. Mm-hmm. So and the, and the people know. behind it. So and so I look a lot of them these ideas. Yeah, like, I course, do like yeah. the idea that the average retail investor can buy equity right now. I it's love it. that idea. I love it in theory, but I also need that average retail investor to buy to hold, not buy to sell today when it's up right. 20 cents because stop creating volume just to try and nickel yeah, and dime well, your way to a win because one, it's not going to happen. And two, you are in a casino. Yeah. Day trading is a casino. Day trading is, you know, you're, absolutely. you're, you're oh, at the absolutely. Table. Oh, sorry. And that's but, my, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. When I say like the yeah, day trader, but, like the new investor that showed up, that's, that's been gamified by Robin hood. They yeah, show up and like, they're like, Oh, I'm going to yeah, buy. But I generally think if you buy, if you buy and hold for a long time, depending on the company, obviously, yeah. but if you buy and hold, for I a mean, long time, I mean, you should obviously stay. It, it's, yeah. You should you stay aware to, of like market conditions. Yeah, you pay attention yeah, to you fundamentals and you look at all these don't different buy, things. Don't buy selling because you think it's going to go up because everyone else is talking about it. Buy selling because you see inherent value and you believe legitimately in the yeah. fundamentals say it's going to. Yeah, and or even worse, just say that it's still going to be here in yeah. 30 years, 10 years, five years. Yeah, like companies in telecommunications or financials or tech, whatever. If you think they're going to be here forever, then, then, then by all means, go long. Buy but, and then hold it for 20 years and see what happens, right? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to go so up. This way, it's kind of it's kind of like Nebraska football. Like You can't make a long pass to save its life, but boy, does it love to throw it out on the flat. Yeah, and, exactly. And uh, I'll be honest, throwing it out boy, on the flat the swing only, pass, yeah. boy, if that only doesn't, <laughs> it only works if you get a good block in and if the guy can get if moving. Really athlete, and, uh, <laughs> athletic arms right, no, alignment, yeah. And uh, if it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. So it's you can put your money there, but all yeah. right. Good luck. I don't know. I, I really don't think the markets are that inflated anymore just because of, you know, if the capital stays in the markets, then we're fine. So I, don't know if I, will, I think markets are still too high, obviously. Well, I wouldn't I'm skeptical. have taken the bet I took. Yeah, um, I'm skeptical, but that doesn't mean. I think the markets, I think the markets are, I think the markets are inflated. I think they're a bit of a balloon. My issue is, in, I think interest rates have, are too low, obviously, and have been too low for probably the last 12 years, 13 yeah. years now, I guess. I agree. Well, um, anyways, it is Labor Day, so I want to wrap. And we've up labored way too and, hard with uh, our drinks. Yeah, I know. Seriously, so I um, will ask. On a tail note, was it um, was it Todd? Cord? Definitely Todd. Probably Todd. How the rum go? How the rum cocktail go? I need to know. Oh yeah, Sandcastle Scott. He he threw wow. it out there. I do love that. I, I like that. It's my lot. thing. First off, Sandcastle Scott. I love a painkiller. In fact, and frankly, the fact that you know a pusser's rum. Fuck yeah, seriously. Good on you, mate. The official rum of the Royal Navy. It's got some octane to it. Yeah, and so. I mean, I, I love talking about alcohol. So if you guys want to throw more drink recommendations in there, yeah. feel free, you know. More drink questions, more yeah. drink reps. I had an yeah. old San Juan Castle Scott. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, so, I made one the other day that had, um, I, was I used a uh, Blackstrap. So I like, well, I see, I used Blackstrap bitters when I made nice. San Juan the wow. other day. 
And I think I've never that had blackstrap bitters. Salt. So. Here's I actually want to change it. I want to do an old San Juan with blackstrap bitters and a coconut water ice cube. So like you're gonna freeze coconut water in a yeah, big cube. In a big cube, yeah. That sounds really good. Cause like as you yes. drink it, it right? slowly it gets it's a little bit sweeter and more tropical. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. I think you're on to something, right? man. You should pan that idea. So every time someone makes one of those, they have to pay you a nickel. If only I oh, could. P-fop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I call it P-Fop. Plenty of fine... Wait, no, P-Fock. Plenty of fine old coconut. <laughs> I don't know. I got, I'm, well, I got let's, just, let's wrap up here. But, I think we uh, should because yeah. I've got... I, I had to shout out to them for the great... For, the, for yeah, one, no, for the ass, and two, I, for the I great cocktail. The, I love the Put interactions on guys. in their Discord. Um, I do, too. Yeah, just want to remind you again real quick if you made it this far. Next week's off. Uh, feel free to shoot us a message on... Instagram, Discord, whatever, if you need to get Instagram, a hold of us. Facebook, Discord, Twitter. Whatever. Yeah, at Economical, like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode. Additionally, merch, myspreadshop.drunkonomics.com. Is that the link? That seems almost absolutely correct. Uh, it is... Look at the notes. Drunkonomics.myspreadshop.com. Oh, shoot. Okay, sorry. Just, I was off. Just, okay, so uh, drunkonomics.myspreadshop.com. So drunkonomics.myspreadshop.com if you guys want to look just as good as we do. And then patreon.com slash... Drunkonomics. Drunkonomical. Yeah, this is Drunkonomics. Dear UNK, UNMICS. Wow, it's way tougher at the end of the episode. but I know. Yes. Dude, that's why we yeah. have to do it at the beginning. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, if you, uh, what do you want, what, what do you call yeah, it? You wanna, uh, yeah, so um, at a Patreon, if you want to help us keep the, uh, well, the fridge cold and the uh, liquor cabinet stocked, nice. the, ice, the ice frozen, that's, uh, that's how we do that. Uh, but with that said. Then we, then we uh, appreciate it, but. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much, I think that's it. Uh, oh, wait, no. I got to remind everybody. Every week, you know, because this this is really important to me. Like, I just hope you're playing chestnut checkers. Right. So here's what I'm going to say right now. Right now, folks, Aaron has is one week without a broken glass. So let's make sure we can get through the next without a broken bit. glass. Two weeks without you. a broken glass. Okay. About to be three. Hopefully about to be number three. But uh, we'll see after I tell you all to please, for the love of God, just, uh, just. Uh, oh, uh, stay drunk and omical. Is that the one? Yes, it is. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Third time's the charm. And it's still intact. Oh, my gosh. A Huda Media Production.